What does a Hershey bar mean to you? How do you feel about online dating? How do you respond to climate change? What may seem like personal preferences may actually be shaped by decades, even centuries of history, culture, and social structure, though we may not realize it. In this episode of Consumer Insights 101, our team member, Dr. Kelly Kors Anderson, chats with Dr. Marcus Giesler, professor of marketing at the Schulich School of Business at York University and a current editor at the Journal of Consumer Research. Marcus explains market system dynamics, an approach suggesting that markets are about more than just simple transactions between producers and consumers, and instead are shaped by policymakers, scientists, political activists, journalists, and even religious authorities. Incorporating historical, social, economic, and cultural factors, this approach to marketing suggests that markets may be worth studying through many new and novel lenses. Learn more about market system dynamics in this episode of Consumer Insights 101. We are grateful to have Marcus Giesler, Professor of Marketing at Schulig School of Business and one of the esteemed editors of the Journal of Consumer Research. Uh, Marcus, thank you for joining us today to help us unpack market system dynamics. Hi, Kelly. It's great to be with you. So, Marcus, multiple sources recognize that your work is at the forefront of market system dynamics, or what we'll call MSD here forward. Um, That starts back at 2003. And for those unfamiliar, can you share a little bit about MSD and how this is different from other similar traditions? Okay. Um, Market system dynamics comes out of my dissertation thesis. Uh, So we need to dial things a little back historically um, to the early 2000s when I was a visiting scholar at Northwestern University and I was taking sociology classes. And at the time, you know, consumer researchers and marketers alike were focused very much on the consumer. So that was the sort of like the, 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 the level of analysis, micro consumer focused research. And while I was taking those classes in sociology, I was realizing that sociologists are actually way more interested in social systems, um, you know, institutions, um, social organization. And so the systems notion became really interesting to me uh, in that I thought that systems, you know, regulatory systems, cultural systems, social systems, technological systems should have an influence on consumers and vice versa. Consumers and consumption should also help shape those systems. And those two kind of directions that I've just described are pretty much the essence by way of the definition of what market system dynamics really cares about or is interested in. It's interested in studying how markets are constituted as social systems and how consumers help shape those systems and are shaped by those systems in exchange. Lovely. So in recent years, we've seen a substantial growth in studies that draw upon market system dynamics. Why do you think this is? Well, that's interesting. Um, (laughs) As a question, I don't know. I think it has to do with the fact that um, the, the lens which market system dynamics offers, or the set of lenses, I should say in plural, Um, are particularly conducive to studying some of the most relevant topics and problems of our time. Um, Take poverty or chronic illness, for instance. You know, these are things that 
um, keep us up at night that really um, are puzzling, you know, complex sort of uh, gnarly problems, global warming, another one. You know, when we're trying to understand these problems and trying to understand solutions to these problems, we can't help but think in terms of systems, think systemically, think in terms of different types of stakeholders that are shaped by systems and shape systems. So for instance, I don't know how you feel, but when I go and buy stuff in the supermarket, I feel responsible for the farmers, the coffee farmers in Ecuador, and I feel responsible for my ecological footprint. These are things that I feel and and do and think as a consumer. And so I think a lot of uh, us as, as consumer researchers are interested in figuring out how this type of thinking has emerged. And um, 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 market system dynamics offers sort of some some good answers to those questions. That's why I think that paradigm has become increasingly popular. Mm. So where should scholars focus future market system dynamics work? I mean, what are some of those opportunities that can be explored? Well, I would say at this point in time, there are already sort of theoretical conversations in the literature around specific kind of constructs. Responsabilization is a famous one, right, that a lot of us are working on um, that I started uh, with with my colleague, uh, Ella Varesio, here at the Schulich School in 2014. Um, but it's not the only one. There's a moralization and demoralization. There's complexification, politicization, and depoliticization. So these are existing theoretical conversations around processes that consumer researchers in future scholarship might want to join. But there's also an opportunity to kind of move uh, away a little bit from those existing theoretical conversations and ask new problems and focus on new issues. Uh, we've now seen the emergence of generative AI and algorithms. There's a great deal of questions um, at uh, the intersection of technological systems and markets and consumption. How, for instance, does AI you know, treat us? How do we think about AI? How do questions of agency and identity get sort of negotiated in the context of artificial intelligence? Who's involved? You know, powerful Silicon Valley corporations and policymakers and um, all of these things are sort of like on the rise and and of interest to future consumer researchers and I know firsthand as one of the editors at the Journal of Consumer Research that they're currently uh, that they're currently the topics for for consumer research projects that are under review at JCR excellent and I, I know from reading some other um forthcoming and coming work, recently published work, there is a necessity, it seems like, for expanding our our geographic reach. Can you share a little bit more about that? Of course. Um, one way of looking at this um, situational problem is that um, the Northern Hemisphere, uh, geographically, politically, ideologically, and materially, materially has um, dominated over the Southern Hemisphere. Um, historically, we call that colonialism, right? That's a um, sort of set of practices, oppressive practices and ideological orientations that have worked uh, to the detriment of people, places, and resources and, and animals in the global south. And so what we're trying to now do is to decolonize um, our forms of knowledge, um, our literature, our curricular um, our scholarship, our journals, um, and, you know, our ideas. And so I think that in the process of decolonizing, understanding how markets are constituted as complex social system to the benefit of some people in society and to the detriment of others, I think is ever more important. So I think that market system dynamics can help us 
um, ask some critical questions around that as well. Uh, and it can sort of help us better understand how we might sort of organize our institutions instead so that these inequalities and systemic uh, imbalances can be uh, redressed and remedied. Mm. And so for scholars that might be interested in getting into market system dynamics, what does that methodological toolbox look like? And what kind of skills do you think these scholars should consider developing? Yeah, so it's important to remember that market system dynamics is a theoretical or set of theoretical lenses. Um, methodologically, uh, we can bring to the table whatever we believe um, generates insights uh, empirically around a more specific question or set of concerns. Um, traditionally, the work has come out of um, ethnography uh, and qualitative uh, analysis. Um, most of my earlier work was interview-driven uh, and continues to be in, 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 in this uh, day and, and age. Uh, but we can also think about computational methods that can be brought to the fore to help us enrich our understanding of you know, how certain types of language have become dominant, how certain discourses have, have emerged while others have been suppressed. This is... Uh, uh, some some uh, work that I'm doing currently or have done in the past as well with um, Ashley Humphreys. You and I, Kelly, are working on some work uh, that might in the in the future draw on on more quantitative um, um, types of um, investigation. So I think the methodological toolkit is very similar to uh, the state of the art of of what we kind of are used to and like to kind of examine in marketing consumer research. And it's it's wide open uh, to bring in other influences, um, quantitative and qualitative alike. Excellent. And I know in the in the past, a lot of MSD work tends to look at a historical perspective. Can you share a little bit more about why that is important and what that really means when we're thinking about data collection for this a theoretical area? Great question, Kelly, and a great opportunity for future consumer research uh, researchers. There's more need, there's greater need for historical uh, market system dynamics research. There's a what we call, Eileen Fisher and I have recently written a paper on sort of what's going on in market system dynamics uh, in, the, in, the, in the present day um, intellectually. And one of the issues we identify is that there's a, a presentism. There's a focus or a bias in favor of sort of present day consumer research topics and questions. When we know, and I think some colleagues have already shown this in, in consumer research and JCR, uh, Aminu Gul-Karababa and Gulis Ger, for instance, that uh, historical methods and historical research are a great way for us to really better understand contemporary conditions. So a lot of the things that we believe have a certain history or a certain historical root may in the end have very, uh, very much alternative historical explanations or historical roots. And, you know, um, Karbaba and Gur have taught us that this historical approach to understanding markets and market systems is an extremely important one. I give you an example. Um, I, for instance, was born and raised in Germany. Germany was very much influenced after the Second World War in 1945 by um, the Marshall Plan. The Marshall Plan is um, an assemblage of institutional mechanisms and, and um, responses devised uh, after World War II to sort of like reconstruct uh, the countries on the European continent after the war um, and 
what we're interested in is uh, showing how you know the Marshall Plan teaches us a great deal about contemporary consumer culture because the roots of consumer culture and the ideological parameters as we know them today uh, were created back then through the Marshall Plan. My mom, who was very small of a very little child at the time, uh, we'll never forget that you know um, American troops came came home um, came to the living room and had Hershey's chocolate bars. That is one sort of microscopic insensation to which sort of the 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 seeds for democracy and for market based democracy in the in the manner that we are familiar with today uh, were sown in Germany in 1945. Many other European countries said well as well. So studying this teaches us a great deal about contemporary conditions about you know, where the market ends, democracy begins, and all of these different things. So uh, history and historical methods are extremely important and insightful. Mm. Excellent. And there's a great opportunity for market system dynamics to be relevant for practitioners. So I wanted to actually take some time and and think through that a little bit with you. Uh, there's Obviously, this has been a staple for your career as well and your research. Um, so thinking about MSD as a logic, what do practitioners need to keep in mind? Um, that's a great question, Kelly. Um, I personally approach many of those more practical questions um, by adopting what has already worked well in marketing and consumer research. So you will know the name Morris Holbrook, who's a consumer culture theory pioneer. Um, Bern Schmidt, who is the editor-in-chief on, on our current editorial team at JCR. These are scholars who have uh, worked uh, on customer experience or consumer experience. And that's something managers understand, marketers understand. If you think about um, the boardroom and what you know actually justifies a marketer to sit in that boardroom, it's typically this sort of experiential competence. And so customer experience um, is the starting point for a conversation that we can then have that asks no longer just, okay, how do consumers experience the marketplace, but how can we shape those experiences? Because that's what market system dynamics does, right? It's all about trying to identify the forces that shape consumer level outcomes. And that's managerially interesting, right? If I can be that company that is particularly good at shaping consumer level outcomes, then that should give me a competitive advantage. And some of the companies that I've worked with as and consultant um, have drawn on this sort of like toolkit of sociological insights that market system dynamics researchers have provided because the the question of um, um, designing um, you know uh, types of um, uh, customer journeys and uh, not uh, uh, not just that but also you know consumer level outcomes and what we as consumers feel or believe. Uh, and then also, you know, behavioral uh, interventions, when we talk about responsabilization, how do we sort of responsabilize different actors and not just consumers, but, you know, from a policymaking perspective, uh, how do we responsabilize executives and in, in organizations? These are practical questions and questions to which a market system dynamics orientation offers some really powerful answers. So... Think customer experience, but then think customer experience design. And that's, by the way, also a course that I'm teaching here at the Schulich School of Business, uh, one of the most sought after MBA elective courses in our school. Uh, and that's a market system dynamics course, all the down. <laughs> that's great. And so as we think about that, just shifting gears, I mean, you're you're discussing how this not only can be applied to practitioners, practitioners but future practitioners. 
Uh, it seems like CX design, consumer experience design needs to be something that we're talking about more with students uh, that I know you do with masters and obviously your PhD students. Um, what do scholars and, and professors uh, globally have an opportunity with our undergrads? Where could that fit in? Oh, undergrads especially. Um, undergrads are like amazing and brilliant because they are so open-minded still, right? And they they still don't think exclusively in these two-by-two two categories. Um, and so undergrads know a great deal about um, the shaping influence of society on themselves and their general cohorts. That's one thing that I see a lot, you know, in the self-describing narratives that undergrads have. So it's a good starting point to talk about market system dynamics and say, hey, have you ever wondered why you think about Valentine's Day in a particular fashion or online dating or whatever it might be? And the answers they give already are naturally sort of market system dynamics answers. So there is a sort of um, a propensity here that I think is, is, is interesting and something to build on as educators in the classroom with undergrads. Um, undergrads are also interesting because they are sort of like the, the, the future quite proverbially, quite literally. And um, they are the next generation of decision makers in business and society. So I think that, you know, when it comes to things like transformative consumer research and asking ourselves, how can we, you know, be purpose-driven and have uh, um, a more positive impact on our planet and our social institutions, I think one possible answer would be to say, hey, we need to think more in system categories, understanding that, you know, if we, you know, harvest too much crop over here, it might actually affect these three other systems over there. Um, and this kind of thinking is uh, is extremely important. I'm working on a project right now, it's very early stage with um, two other colleagues, two economists on platform businesses and how platforms affect homelessness. So here you have, you know, platforms like Airbnb and Verbal, in, in metropolitan sort of like highly dense um, um, environments. So you see, this is a question that allows us to kind of bring together different types of social systems and market systems and examine their impact. Uh, and that's something that, um, you know, uh, the future uh, is all about, you know, trying to understand these complex problems that involve uh, like layered systems. And undergrads are very good at understanding that. Okay, so it sounds like then with undergrads, this just reinforces the necessity to think about historical market systems as well, you know, and, the, and it doesn't, you know, can't lose sight of what happened and what helped build toward different systems. Um, something sometimes uh, is not always covered in a marketing class for undergrads. So that's, that's good to hear. Yeah, I think. You know, it's there's always a challenge to get um, young people uh, to be interested in history. Um, and I remember that um, I had good and bad history teachers. And I think the good ones found a way to bring alive um, the history and connect it to contemporary conditions, to my life, to what mattered to me as a teenager. Okay, my feelings, my kind of world, my predicaments, my paradoxes. That's what a good educator does, right? Kind of relating it back to the audience and making it... Um, um, intimate and emotionally resonant. Um, and that's something market system dynamics can do in the classroom. Um, you can see that um, because, uh, you know, while people might not be uh, like young, young, young students might not be so interested in talking about 16th, 17th century type of things, 
you know, early kind of market economy, like Adam Smith type of, you know, 17th, 18th century um, 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 intellectual history, they might be far more accessible to um, um, a kind of the sort of lens that talks about how their experience of something, you know, of the workplace, um, of the entertainment industry, of Spotify, of, you know, platforms and ordering food online, how all of this was shaped by people who had a particular type of goal and how, you know, that that shaping influence can go back historically in time to, you know, 19th century kind of economists and policymakers. I find this completely fascinating. So in some sense, market system dynamics can be some some kind of time machine that we can all step into um, to examine together how how contemporary conditions have been created at an earlier point in time. But that's just one thing that you can do with that lens. There are many others, as you know. So making going back kind of a bit for full circle back to an earlier question, we had talked about this idea of historical methodologies being able to support MSD, you know, and being an early scholar as well, you know, it's hard to not ask. And I've talked with other others that are interested in this lens and feel a bit um, overwhelmed, if you will, by the idea that, oh, my goodness, I have to be in the field looking up data for 10 years. Is that always a requirement? It's not. It's not always a requirement. Uh, Craig Thompson and I wrote a methodological uh, piece, Invited, uh, as a tutorial for JCR that talks exactly about that question. Process-based scholarship. Is it really necessary to kind of have these massive longitudinal data sets? It's not. Uh, You can say something um, longitudinally interesting uh, and process oriented without such a massive database. But I tell you where this is all coming from. Uh, this original kind of like um, 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 situation where I was in as a doctoral student was that the whole journey took so long. Um, you know, I I was taking my doctoral courses and then I want, wanted to collect data and then I wrote my thesis and then I submitted my thesis and this entire process took so long that if you just keep collecting data, you eventually will end up having a longitudinal data set. Um, and if you think about it, most doctoral students that I've talked to would agree with that statement and saying, yeah, that's kind of true. Like for the first, uh, for the for the last four to five years, I've collected data that gives me four to five years of longitudinal insight if I look at that data set in this way. Um, so that's why I'm saying, you know, let's think about the longitudinality of the data set in a more playful and creative fashion. Then we will see that longitudinal data uh, kind of questions can be asked even without forcing ourselves to kind of, you know, stay in that field forever and ever. So that's not what that is meant. So you can uh, do market system dynamics research, of course, without longitudinal data. And there are a great deal of of papers in JCR and JM that that speak to that exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So anything we should be, what's on the top list? I think there's been uh, a, just a quick plug for JCR has a nice list of papers on the blog, right? Can you tell us more on what, where we might, what we might find there? What kind of papers do you recommend for those interested in getting into this area? So first of all, we have assembled a list of consumer culture theory papers 
Uh, we, in this case, is Ashley Humphreys and Zainab Arsal and I. Uh, under consumerresearchercom slash um, CCT and JCR, you find this list of papers, which is amazing. <clears throat> it's a great resource. I like open up that that page every day. Uh, it's being updated at least twice a year. So that's great. Um, and within that list, you find a lot of market system dynamics papers as well. But um, what you want to look out for is a, um, a, a book chapter that will uh, appear shortly with myself and Eileen Fisher, where we sort of do a kind of stock taking of sorts, a state of the art kind of review of what's going on. We try to summarize the th some of the theoretical key conversations throughout market system dynamics. Um, there will be more at JCR on market system dynamics conceptually. Uh, and and know and understand if you're a young scholar and you want to sort of contribute um, in market system dynamics, there is a great deal of support. Um, scholars who pick uh, this kind of lens uh, have reported that they found a great deal of support in the review process. There's uh, great feedback. There's support at the conferences. So um, it's it's a it's a good choice to make if you're just starting. It's not the only choice. I want to also be very clear that, you know, consumer researchers um, following um, uh, Russ Belk's credo can draw from a multiplicity of different, different um, uh, voices and, and choices. So let a thousand flowers bloom, of course. But, you know, this is just the one choice that I, that I uh, uh, you know, enjoy today that our conversation was about. And so that that is what my recommendation would be to young scholars. Thank you so much, Marcus. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day and <laughs> hearing a little bit more about your history. And um, on that note, I think I might need to go get a Hershey's chocolate bar um, and bring in some new history. Thank you so much, Marcus. Thank you for having me, Kelly.